Hey there, Mitzi. Did you see them guys at Diabolical Podcast doing a show about Hammond? Yeah, and this show may contain spoilers for the campaign. Isn't that super cute? Welcome to Diabolical, the show where four long-suffering friends dissect films' most dastardly schemes and try to improve them. I'm your host, Adam Turner, and this week's movie is The Campaign. So, dear friends, come with us on a trip to Rainbowland of podcasting. Don't forget to bring your broom, because it's a mess. Hello and welcome to this week's pod. Joining me, as always, are the panel of peril who will compete at the show's close to see you can improve the villainous plot of the week and earn the right to become next week's host and choose the next film. I'm joined this week by Ben Steinson, Craig Morris and Gareth Slade. I'm going to start by asking you all which is your favourite Will Ferrell film, Uh, Gareth? Well, I'm going to go slightly off the beaten track. I'm going to say the Lego movie. Oh, nice. Where he plays the baddie and then, spoilers, goes into the real world at the end and he's the dad who doesn't want his kids to play with his Lego set. Oh, yeah. That's That's quite good. Ben? Uh, He put me on the spot here. I've got Anchorman, but I'm also thinking uh, Step Brothers. I'm going to say Step Brothers. I concur. Craig? Elf. That is good, too. Every day. I love, love Elf. Also, he's very good in Austin Powers. I'm very badly burned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the film stars Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> nice try. Bit of mouthful. That's easy Perfect. for you to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go on. Get, uh, let, let's throw open the floor. You yeah, say Galifian- it. <laughs> Galifianakis. Um, Galifianakis. Galifianakis. Galifianakis, Galifianakis. Galifianakis, isn't it? Galifianakis. You uncultured slime. No, it's Gal- Gally. It's G A L I. Gally. Galifianakis. Gally. There you go. Galifianakis. Give this. It's, it's, there's an A. There's an A in it. Gally, it's F-I-A-N, Fian. But he pronounces it Galifianakis. <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. There you go. It stars Will... <laughs> See, it stars Will Ferrell and Zach... G- <laughs> G- oh, just Will Ferrell. <laughs> just Will Ferrell, yeah. Just Will Ferrell. Just Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell and many, many other talented people. <laughs> I was going to risk the other people, but I think I've taken up too much time doing that already, so I won't bother. <laughs> Film centers around a former congressman, Cam Brady, played by Farrell. He makes a significant faux pas and finds himself falling out of favor with his wealthy campaign donors, the Motch Brothers, played by John Lithgow and Dan Aykroyd. They decide it's time to ditch Brady in favor of oddball Marty Huggins, son of a businessman, Raymond Huggins, played by Brian Cox. That year, 2012, there was a number of other films released, some good, some not so good. I'd like to say where well, I list the films and we get either a yeah or a meh. So I call this section yeah or meh. So uh, <laughs> as I list the films, a quick yeah or meh, please, for these films. 
So 2012 films uh, included Brave. Meh. Yeah. Yeah. Skyfall. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, here's here's uh, probably uh, one that caused a bit of division. Prometheus. Yeah. 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 Meh. Oh, it got better more more you watched it, yeah. Exactly. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, and this is going to be a bit of an interesting one to see if anyone agrees with me or disagrees with me here. Personally, I think Dark Knight Rises is better than Dark Knight. No. No, no, no. R- incorrect. Wrong. Wrong answer. Well, no, it's not because it's what I think. <laughs> Opinions are basically facts now. Everyone knows that. You're wrong. <laughs> if Gaz, Ben, and I are all, all agreed on something which you disagree with, then uh, you're basically wrong. Okay. It doesn't matter whether it's an opinion or not. No. I'll try and keep that in mind next time I'm watching it. Yeah. Do you know how the world works these days? There's only one thing about Dark Knight Rises which isn't good, and it's that for some reason an actor who I really like, whose name I've forgotten, Aidan Gillen, he delivers his lines really weirdly. Like he doesn't understand what they mean. Like uh, when Bane says to him, it would be extremely painful. And he goes, you're a big guy. Well, yeah, he just doesn't deliver it the way that a person would. I think it's because he's shouting, right? To try and uh, get Christopher Nolan to um, balance the dialogue properly in the mix. First time (laughs) he's shouting as loud as he can. Did you hear what he said about Tenet, Christopher Nolan? People complaining that the dialogue was too low in the mix. He was like, I wouldn't worry about the dialogue. It's not important. It was like, fuck off. The plot of Tenet is so complicated. I don't know why he'd say that in the first place, but just an absolutely insane thing to come out with. (laughs) Tenet, instead of that thing where there's like one guy on one side and one guy on the other, and they wear white and there's a net in the middle. They hit the ball. You're also going to tag it. (laughs) Hell yeah, okay. Well, say what you want about Christopher Nolan. All right. Is that a new section? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's that section done and dusted. But uh, yeah, say what you want about Christopher Nolan, but I bet we he should doesn't... make that a recurring segment. Just every week, we'll bring. <laughs> say what you want about. Welcome to this section. Of the... <laughs> pick, pick a different director every week. No, it's always Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's enough of that. Elsewhere in the world in 2012, uh, London hosted the Olympic Games. Uh, The US presidential election between Barack and Obama and Mitt Romney was won by... uh, Oh, I haven't got that written down, so I don't know. Between Barack and Obama? (laughs) It's Obama and the Bracken. Barack Obama and Mitt Romney. (laughs) Whitney Houston died in a bathtub in a hotel. Uh, The Costa Concordia capsized off Italy. British Prime Minister David Cameron left his eight-year-old daughter in a pub and realised 15 minutes after he left and went to collect her. And also, skydive world record was broken by Felix Baumgartner from 128,000 feet and also at the same time became the fastest freefall top speed of 834 miles an hour. How come you can get all that right but you can't say Barack Obama's name? (laughs) I think when you go back through the edit you'll realise the error of your words. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. (laughs) So on that note, what do we all think of the film? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Not creeping into any top tens but it it was pretty funny, pretty solid. I really enjoyed it. The time flew by. 
And most importantly, my son, Dylan, really enjoyed it. Oh, wow. Wow, wow. He passed the Dylan test. It's amazing. Start to finish. Yeah. Well, he was getting ready. Is that the first one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, during the course of the podcast, yeah. He was getting ready to go out with his mates at the same time. So he was a bit late. Because he enjoyed wow. the film so much, so you can't can't get much of a bigger endorsement than that, can you? Indeed. Is he um, generally a fan of either Will Ferrell or Zach Galifianakis? We've watched Anchorman, obviously a Lego movie. Between Two Ferns? Yes, we've watched Between Two Ferns. I wouldn't necessarily say a fan, but he has enjoyed what he's seen. Ben? I think I must have seen it when it first came out. Um, I think I found it pretty uneventful at that time, because I didn't remember anything about it. I didn't even remember John Lithgow and Dan Aykroyd being in it. So when I watched it this time, there were a lot of pleasant surprises. And I found myself laughing literally out loud on many occasions. <laughs> yeah, definitely a few where I did, where I've written some of those down. The kids' confession scene cracked me up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's funny. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the line from that that I've written down is, I have a whole book of cuter shots under my bed. <laughs> <laughs> there was another line I'd written down from that that I preferred was one time I put a firefly up my butt and, you, <laughs> and dad goes why? to make my farts glow yeah. <laughs> there's a lot to be had quite early on I think in that film that sort of sucks you straight in straight away because it's very I think there's a lot of funny lines immediately that get you and you think okay I'm in I've got three lines from I think probably the opening um, two minutes, which is all just Cam Brady on the campaign trail, just the slogan, America, <laughs> Jesus, freedom. I really love that because that, that really rings true. And it's, it's so preposterous yet true. There's when he says, uh, my father worked with his hands as yeah. head stylist for Vidal Sassoon. <laughs> <laughs> Schools is this nation's backbone. Yeah, that's the last one, yeah. And then it comes to <laughs> Filipino tilt-a-wheel operators of this nation's backbone. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. It's great, yeah. Well, I had, I had one written down, and I was sort of thinking, you oh, know, I'll cross these out and pick my favourite, but in the end I didn't. Uh, I crossed out the first one, but it was uh, the guy from 30 Rock when he says to his family, uh, Jesus would give him a tongue lashing. <laughs> but then <laughs> very quickly I came across what I think is probably my favourite line from the whole film, which is, can't the real C word. Yeah. <laughs> I love Marty's uh, nickname from school. <laughs> Tickle Tickle shit. Shit. <laughs> there were a lot of good highlights. My very favourite was right near the end, actually. And it's when, uh, when Marty shows his scar just on the top of his arm. From the uh, from the jungle gym, yeah. <laughs> she was more <laughs> yeah. and more, and he's just stuff. He'd been peeled yeah. off by this uh, by this jungle gym. God, the more he showed, it just cracked me up. That was that was the best bit of the film for me. I don't know if you all saw the extended version, but I've, there's one thing that I didn't like, and I've put a big angry face by it, which is the arrival of Piers fucking Morgan. What a downer that puts on the whole proceedings. Yeah, but it's also good to know that currently he's not doing very well and his his new chat show is bombing completely, so... Yeah, that's always good to know. You know, every cloud. A couple of other things I really love. The, uh, when his arm is swollen and he's running through the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so swollen. Yeah, and he's sat at the hospital in the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> Support the truth. 
<laughs> obviously, the incredible scenes where he punches the baby in the dark. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My actual favorite line that I decided on in the end was, I want you to put my head in the freezer while you do me from behind. <laughs> and then you see the video footage of it later, don't you? <laughs> Why in the yeah. freezer? But anyway, yeah. A lot, lot of stuff that I enjoyed about it. Does anyone else think Brian Cox's uh, performance was, was a bit of a, an audition for his role in Succession? Well, I haven't seen Succession, but I have written down more Brian Cox, please. Because I just love him in everything, but I thought he was great in this. But More of Gr- Brian Cox, please. You're writing that about a 2012 film. Just wrapped <laughs> to the director who wrapped it up 10 years ago. Just a note to self that I was hoping he would pop up more in the movie. That's uh, what, okay. what I was thinking. At that point, I hadn't seen how much he would be in it. Write a letter to the director in crayon. All right. Dear director, <laughs> more Brian Cox, please. It's what, what we sometimes refer to as a figure of speech. After you finish writing the letter in crayon, you must eat the crayon as well. It's not a literal plea to the the universe. It's just like a figure of speech. <laughs> the other lines that I really liked in there that that are funny because they ring true with uh, with politics in America and actually starting to be over here as well is the constant sort of dog whistle of calling everything communist. So he's got yeah. he's got pugs, and someone says, "Get some American <laughs> dogs, you commie!" <call> yeah. <laughs> and the Rainbow Land book that Cam wrote when he was a kid, being called a communist <laughs> doctrine, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But then it's so it's yeah. exactly the kind of thing that is happening at the moment. Just before we, we move on too far from Brian Cox, his funniest line for me was was uh, talking to my. You look like Richard Simmons just crapped out a goddamn hobbit. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what I like about a line like that. It does sound like something that you would come out with in the moment. So I don't know whether it was improvised or scripted, but it's it's just got a good in the moment ring to it, I suppose, either way. Well, I've got two two of my favourite lines were um, right at the start of the film where he makes his um, infamous phone call and he says, I have 100,000 phone calls. Perhaps 1% of those have been inappropriate or, or lewd. <laughs> That's a thousand phone calls. Yeah, I'll take that every single day of the week. <laughs> and I was like, and again, like Gals are saying then, there's stuff now that going, yeah, look, I've done something terribly wrong, but in comparison to everything else that's been going on, it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then the one where um, he's reacting to um, Martin H- Marty Huggins getting him, getting his son to call him daddy. He says, get my son to call you daddy. Turn a page. It says, fuck your wife. <laughs> <laughs> so the evil scheme from this particular movie is the March brothers are hoping to turn the district of the 14th district into a factory complex and in source Chinese labor to run it. Obviously, that all lays on the back on successively backing the right congressman. So what did we think of the plot, guys? I thought it was one of the more true-to-life schemes that we've looked at in this podcast. Yeah, it's not very outlandish. That definitely happens like, without a shadow of doubt. It's funny, isn't it? It seems both highly plausible and implausible just by virtue of it being a comedy. Particularly when the the um, the current Chinese factory is named Merikai. Yeah, <laughs> it just 
it's it's plausible but heightened just to the point where you're just like uh, that's that's not going to happen but realistically yeah it's only good yeah i suppose uh the what's unrealistic about it is the concept of a uh a congressman congressperson with scruples that's that's what doesn't ring true in real life, they they're all in it for power and money. It's the only reason people would get into public office nowadays it does seem to be the case, unfortunately. It's particularly America. I think it's more of a thing in America because there's no there's no holds barred on or sort of uh, the um, private money going into investment. And so was, there wasn't there. Um, I don't know what the the US call a, like a by election, but there was one there recently. Wasn't there like sixty three million dollars spent on the election on like campaigning and stuff like that? So it's obscene. It's totally yeah. unhinged over there. So it's this point of the show where we throw open the floor to our panel of peril and see what they can come up with and if they can improve the plot and enact the diabolical scheme of bringing cheap Chinese labor to the US. Craig, can we have you first? All right. I was looking at where the scheme fell apart for the Much Brothers, and I think it's that, uh, you know, as implausible as this is, it's that Cam has a crisis of conscience. Obviously, we kind of saw it coming with Marty. We, we knew he was a pretty much good guy, apart from he does a few questionable things. They make the mistake of telling him quite late in the game what they're planning to do, and he obviously doesn't sit right with him. And then when he speaks to Cam, he agrees, and obviously they, they're not able to own a congressman as they wanted to. So my plan, knowing Marty as they should do, because they, they know his father, and his father should should know a bit about his character, um, be to play more on his feelings. So I'd secure some investment pro- possibly Chinese investment, to construct the Chinatown district in Hammond, North Carolina. And I would get Marty invested in the community there and convince him that it's my intention in building these factories to create jobs for the citizens of Chinatown, who he will know of as local people. And this way, when I ship in a group of immigrant laborers, I can pass them off as local Americans to him. Uh, and he won't question it, most likely. I tell Marty that labor laws are communist to keep him uh, on side with that part of it. And you might be wondering how I get Marty invested in Chinatown. Well, one of the things that we see Marty doing in the movie is taking Cam Jr. under his wing and becoming a bit of a father figure to him. So uh, I'm going to get him invested in an orphaned uh, young Chinese boy from Chinatown and make sure that he becomes a father figure to him. And then he will then look at my whole plan as a positive for the community uh, in Hammond. And that's hopefully going to lead to the plan being successful in the end and not derailing the way it did in the movie. That was strangely earnest. (laughs) It's also quite nefarious, right? I'm twisting him. Just the delivery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to make him literally the father of a fake orphan Chinese boy that I'll pay off and figuratively the father of the whole Chinatown district in, in Hammond. That love for the town, as we know he has, uh, will will blind him to all of the bad stuff I'm doing, and that's that's going to convince him. Would would Chinatown refer to him as Papa Tickle Shits? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but I hope so. Would Chinatown be like a town, or would it be like Chinatown in most places where it's just a novelty street? <laughs> yeah, kind of like that, and just uh, 
yeah, just he would know that there would be Chinese American citizens there. So when I ship in all of my laborers and tell him, oh, no, these are local Americans, Chinese Americans we're creating jobs for. Is he going to be investigating that? Probably not. He's just loved up. He loves he loves the area. He thinks he's doing good. But they're still going to have to change the employment stuff, though, aren't they? Basically. Yeah. So I um, I tell him that labor laws are communist, and we know that he doesn't like communism because he uh, he shouts about it. So I think he would he would buy that. So the lab- labor laws are communist. So you you get rid of them and then import load of people from a communist country <laughs> yeah i don't think you'll look too closely into that <laughs> okay okie dokie thank you very much ben fire away right the mistake the watch brothers made was dealing with an unknown factor in marty huggins cam brady was very much a known quantity with a, pun- a penchant for sleaze which is the kind of weakness that's all too easy to manipulate i'd attend one of his fundraisers and make a healthy but modest donation, just enough to get his attention. His curiosity peaked, he would come over and thank me for the donation, and during our conversation, I'd casually mention my hope to expand my operations in his district, creating many jobs. It'd be music to his ears. Since it's likely we'll work closely to create these jobs, I'd suggest we find a time to talk further, hinting at the possibility of uh, further campaign donations. You know, I might, I might perhaps place a hand in my pocket and say, oh, my God, this is deep. <laughs> the next meeting would be in my mansion and a plan so tried and trusted it couldn't fail. I'd invite the congressman and a few other potential donors, a.k.a. my stooges, to a, a classy dinner party with at least five kinds of dip. We talk boredly and boast of our success over the finest Bavarian brandy and some lightly spiced ham hocks. Once the congressman was good and drunk, I declare it's time for dessert. A sharp double clap later, the room would flood with muscle-bound hunks and curvaceous ladies for him to take his pick. Who could resist that? His new friend would lead him to a specially modified guest bedroom. I think you can see where I'm going with this. Complete with a a most tempting crystal jar of South American nose clams. Naturally, he would partake and soon find himself moving towards the bed with his handsome companion. And, you guessed it, as soon as he laid on the bed, it would open like a trapdoor, funneling him down a chute into a dank (laughs) cell beneath my mansion. There, he'd be introduced to his doppelganger, another of my hired goons who has undergone extensive plastic surgery to look exactly like Congressman Brady. I'd carefully explain to the real Cam that he has two options. One, toe the line with his behavior and cooperate fully with our plans to turn the district into a factory complex and he'll be rewarded handsomely. Or two, refuse and our own sham Brady would spring into action. Well, the original will rot in this cell. Of course, any attempt to warn the authorities would also result in sham being used and the termination of Cam. As we know, Cam Brady would do anything to save his own skin. He would accept, and it would be the beginning of a very lucrative friendship. So this bed in your mansion, was that there already, or are you custom building it for this exercise? When I was looking for the mansion, I was looking for like, you know, the old the old type of smuggler's mansions with like secret passages, and hopefully the bed will be part of it. But if not, I would get it custom built. Yeah. So my only concern about this plan is... Um, the 
the plastic surgery required to make a doppelganger because I've seen, you know, Jackie Stallone, for example. Plastic surgery doesn't tend to go too well. But that's 80s plastic surgery. We're in 2012. You know, there's a, probably an easier route is what you could just do instead of um, paying for expensive plastic surgery to make someone look like Will Ferrell. And funneling someone down a, down a chute in the bed. Yeah, go on. <laughs> just hire the drummer from Red Hot Chili Peppers. He already looks like Will Ferrell. <laughs> Chad Smith. <laughs> that, might, that may be his name. Chad somebody. Chad Chili. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, could you, could you just go to a lookalike agency, could I? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Get one of those that doesn't really look like anyone. Wouldn't the normal Cam Brady be open to all this kind of stuff anyway, without all the Sham Brady stuff? He'd just be willing to do it anyway. And you wouldn't basically need to threaten him with this. Well, the, the point, and otherwise the Motch Brothers would have done that in the film, is that he isn't towing the line, is he? He's not behaving. No, he's he's to, he's towing the line. He's just he's just a liability, isn't he? No, that's what I mean in towing the line. I mean his behaviour. He's not keeping himself in check, which allows him to do these underhand things. So the whole putting the frighteners on him would be to you know tell him he's got to watch his behaviour because it's you know for a mutual benefit. Until they gave him an opponent, he was running unopposed. So surely his behaviour was inconsequential. He was getting re-elected no matter what. I kind of thought that too, but I assumed the, the issue was that because of his bad behaviour, it was going to see him ousted at some point. Mm. And it you know, it brought too much publicity on to be connected with him, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it was embarrassing, wasn't it, to them? I think it was, they like to work in the shadows, so obviously they like to operate under very little media attention and Cam Brady was essentially bringing too much, hence why they got Marty Huggins involved. Okie dokie. Any further questions? What are five types of dip? Your sour cream and onion. Your salsas. Okay, you don't need to carry on. I was waiting for salsa. I'm happy now. You got your miso mayonnaise, which is a very good dip. Holy shit, that sounds incredible. <laughs> Mint and cucumber. Then some other fancy rich stuff. Like cheers. Nacho cheese. Cheers and nacho cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, Gaz, your time to shine. Dan Aykroyd and John Lithgow's Motch Brothers. They're really playing things quite small time by trying to just buy a congressman who will pass their scheme to import immigrants via a land sale to China. One man can be swayed in either direction relatively easily, as we see during Martin Cam's character arcs during the campaign. No, to my mind, the best way forward is not through one man, but through an entire populace. That populace, of course, is the state of North Carolina, and they're a member of the United States of America. No doubt some would disagree, but to my mind, the 50 states of America and their trade and labour capabilities represent an efficient union. Yes, we need to sway the voters to the belief that North Carolina and their secession from the US would for some reason be of benefit to them financially. That importing cheap labour from Merakai, China would result in them holding all the cards. The main tools that you would need to employ are 1. An unscrupulous frontman for the Leave campaign. Cam Brady would work just fine. He has a history of lying, deceit, corruption, extramarital affairs, potential extramarital children, and other fine qualities inherent in a successful politician. The only thing that may benefit his image is if he messed up his hair before each public (laughs) engagement to try and project the image of a bumbling, old-timey gent in order to disguise his cold, black heart of avarice. Two. Just as importantly... 
investment should be made in a large bus with which to emblazone <laughs> slogans such as we send 49 other states 350 million dollars a week let's fund our healthcare system instead this would assuredly be possible due to the savings made in labor there's the slight drawback of the claim being untrue but is there really any place in politics for truth three you need to target individual voters' prejudices through social media. Disinformation is a very powerful tool, and I'm reasonably sure that there are companies that can organise this for you. Yeah, Oxford Analyticums or whatnot. Simply Pepper. Facebook. Twitter. Insert humorous outdated social <laughs> media site here. With pieces that play up the benefits of North Carol Exit. <laughs> Better jobs. Economic prosperity. Masters of our destiny, sunlit uplands, etc., etc. Of course, such lies may be seen as being indecent, but is there really any place for decency in politics? <laughs> I suppose, when you really think about it, all that you would need to break labour and human rights laws in order to leave the efficient union, or EU if you like, is to be a horrible, lying bastard. When you boil it down, it really is as simple as that. And that was a party political broadcast by the Gareth State Party. <laughs> nice. I thought that was that was that was that was just great. And all I would say, Turner, is don't forget that you were disqualified for stealing a plan from South Park. <laughs> but I made EU into efficient union at the start and then brought it back at the end. So It was very good. But what I will say is it's all impossible. Because Cam Brady would not mess with his hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His hair is is. That's true. Is uh is North Carolina landlocked as well? Seems like it would be. Yes, I think so. I think so. Quite difficult for them to secede from the <laughs> Union of the USA. Ah, <laughs> uh, you found the floor in the plan. Just be surrounded by <laughs> the uh, the rest of the USA all the time. Uh, only one one genuine thing is um. Instead of North Carol exit, I would have called it with withdrawth Carolina. <laughs> it's not. It's got a coastline, the North Carolina. Oh shit! Maybe they could do the old Lex Luthor <laughs> secede from the Union and actually split off. Duly noted. <laughs> just to get by a load of uh, big jackhammers and just chisel off around <laughs> state lines. And could get your Chinese labour to do it, couldn't Exactly. <laughs> As regards to me disqualifying Gaz's uh, plot there. I am not a dictator <laughs> and I shall not rule out his plot because we all know plagiarism really is the ultimate in flattery. So he, Gaz clearly admired the Brexit uh, <laughs> EU leave debate so much that he, had, he felt compelled to copy it into this, which is admirable. Oh, wait, were you... Were you riffing on Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> Big fan. Don't know if you noticed, it was quite subtle. <laughs> so no, so Gaz's plan is included into my decision making. I didn't really think you'd disqualify him. I just thought it'd be funny to bring that up again. Just You're just trying to stir shit up, I know. <laughs> yeah. So let's give a quick recap on the dastardly schemes that uh, the panel of peril come up with. We had Craig's plan to create a Chinatown in Hammond and then for Marty Huggins to basically adopt a Chinese child 
and to call all current US labour laws communist. Simple as that. <laughs> Simple as that, yeah. <laughs> What's not like? Ben said he would basically be a wealthy donor and create a doppelganger of Cam Brady, similar to the scheme from Thunderball in a way, I suppose, um, and basically tell him to, to toe the line, company line, or he's going to be bumped off and Sham Brady's going to take over. Don't forget about the Wallace and Gromit bed. <laughs> and yes, the Wallace and Gromit bed with no wrong trousers at the bottom. Just a very scary bloke and, uh, you know, a very... <laughs> and somebody who looks exactly like you. Then we had Gaz's very complex plan, almost like too perfect, to be honest, and his uh, quote-unquote North Carolexit plan, which I'm sure is all very fresh and foremost in our minds right now. So, after much debate and thought, I can confirm this week's winner is... Ben! Yay! Hey. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> I like I like I basically liked it because it's the most off the wall <laughs> crazy one that was there, so it appealed to that kind of nature. So if that's how this works, he's going to win every week. So it's fucking off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, congratulations, Ben. Commiserations, Gaz and Craig. So um, Ben, without further adieu, yours tend to be the least off the wall ones. <laughs> <laughs> what creating a man to turn into a dolphin? To secretly hide in a tank for ages. That wasn't yours. <laughs> that was mine. It was just as good as any, anybody else. It, the, the whole plot to keep change him into a dolphin and then just basically wait for him to turn up, that was all mine. All mine, baby. <laughs> so, Ben, without any further adieu, what will be our... Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> what will be this film we examine next week? Uh, I hadn't prepared for this. I've got a few. You mean you didn't think that plan would win? Uh, yeah, of course <laughs> I knew it would win. Okay, the film we will be dissecting next week will be, and this might surprise you, Craig, a superhero film. Oh. It will be the original Batman movie from the 60s. Oh, oh my goodness me. Ho, 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 ho. Four dastardly villains. <laughs> <laughs> With Adam West and Burt. Quack. Oh my goodness. I know it's not Bert Quack, but I just forgot his real name. Bert, who is it? Bert Ward. Bert Ward, that's the one. Excellent. Until next week. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you for listening. And if you like what you've heard, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five star on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs> What are you fucking laughing at? <laughs> you went northern. I thought you said Apple Podcast. Which fucking uh, Apple Apple put Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. <laughs> oh, where am I? There, there is an Apple Podcast. No. <laughs> Don't care any of this. Don't forget to tell your friends in person and on social media. It helps us get the pod into more ears. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DiabolicalPod. Until the next time, what's the worst that could really happen? <laughs>